0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, glory be to God. I got a really good, um, well, I feel I got a really, um, really, really strong word for you guys um, about um just these thoughts were on my mind. You know, they really, i um, opening up my Bible here. Um, they really just were on my mind. And I didn't want you guys to miss this moment because I really felt like, man, this moment was, was so strong. Um, it was really on me because I felt like I was talking about the Holy Spirit. And what had happened was I said, man, I said, I think people are, um, I don't want to say you're, you're kind of hurt, But you could almost get delay, can almost cause pain. And I don't want you, these things started really showing in my life. Like I understand why people maybe are not pursuing the things of God. And this could be one of the reasons why. And when I found that, I was like, wow. So I want to just give you the the place where I came from. So thank you guys for sharing. Like I said, share this. This is going to help a lot of people. If you have friends that have really struggled with, you know, um, they're almost, maybe, maybe they've gotten offended or maybe they stopped serving God or maybe they, um, the misconception of what took place in their life has now kind of made them almost mad at God. And I don't want to say we're mad at God, but we gotten almost delayed and it got bad and hope deferred makes the heart sick. And what that means is anything that's been prolonged for too long kind of makes you stop. And how I got going on this, I was doing one of my daily prayer, prayer times And I was praying in the Spirit. And right before I started praying in the Spirit, I started thinking like, why would people stop pursuing praying in the Spirit? And why do I stop pursuing praying in the Spirit? And why do I stop pursuing God? And what are the things that stop me from doing that? And I started thinking, well, you get distracted You get, you get, you you know, these things are like, they're almost, uh, this is really good. They're enemies to pressing in to your destiny. That's everybody. They're they're enemies to your destiny. And one of of the, I'm going to go right through them and I might even have more. So we'll see where this goes. I know it's spiritually led that I talk about this. So I really think this can help people. So I really appreciate you sharing it because this is how we help people kind of get back on track. So I'm like, okay, like if I got to get up today and prepare for something that I thought was going to show up in a month, that's pretty easy because at the end of the month, I'm going to be able to see the due date, the finish line. You know, sometimes without having an end date, because, you know, some of God's promises are not on like, you know, a calendar, you know, you start this thing and you move forward and you're going but when, when, and it's almost like you get distracted, not because you don't believe it, you just can't see it. So you really got to ask yourself, am I, am I really pressing in? And then what happens is we stop pressing in with the daily p- pursuit because of delay. And we stop pressing in with the daily pursuit because we're distracted. We stop pressing in with the daily pursuit, because like we look like we've been denied. We stop pressing in with daily pursuit because we don't feel like it's happening. It seems like it's been prolonged for too long. So like this is where you gotta kinda start going, wow, maybe maybe some of this stuff might, I might be walking in it right now, or it might come in the future where it tries to almost attack me. And man, that is a really strange word but i really do believe it's it's it, it attacks you from destiny and if you're not careful you will become derailed and man if you become derailed you know like a train gets derailed you know it can't go nowhere so maybe we got delayed maybe we got denied maybe we got distracted but maybe we got derailed because we thought by it should have been here by now you know so this is really like a really great thinking series we're going to get into and i I, i'll just let's just see where it goes but i know i'm on it because i started thinking about it i was turning the corner it's funny i was in the church i turned the corner and i really felt like man why are people not going to pursue this well they don't feel like it's it's they don't feel like it's coming to pass so why am i going to pursue something that doesn't look like it's it's happening that's that's not easy man you know well think of this you ever go try to lose weight And when it looks like the weight's peeling off, you're like, oh, this is great. But then you get that plateau. And then you're like, well, this ain't working. Why am I doing all this? I don't see any change. I don't see... And people quit. Financial planning, right? Oh, you know, I don't see that instant increase, the instant gratification, the instant... Mark chapter 4 says you could almost get offended if it doesn't look like it worked out the way. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at Mark 4.14. And we're not teaching Mark chapter 4, but I think... um, I think this is big. So you could see it. Fifth, four, Mark 4, King James is great. Mark 4, 15, 16, 17 starts really helping us. on And these are they by the wayside. So he says, where the word is sown, but they heard Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are they likewise, which are sown on stormy ground. When they hear the word of God, immediately receive it with gladness. That's us, we're the word of glad, word of gladness. And what do they have? No root in themselves, so endure before a time. Afterward, when the pressure shows up, affliction, persecution, resurrection, immediately they become offended. I like the immediately they become offended because that's what happens. Like, it's like, man, I'm kind of of upset. Now, offense, now, I want you to see something about this. That's where we kind of get the word, uh, like, um, it's kind of like where we get the word scandal from. But I want you to look at this. It's more, it's more than that, okay? It's more than just like scandalize. One of the words, the Greek word is skandalizo. S-K-A-N-D-A-L-I-Z-O. It's actually where we get the word scandalize from, right? So there's a scandal, right? Now, isn't that funny? From, the word means to entrap, trip up, stumble, entice the sin, right? To make offended. There says this to put a stumbling block or an impediment in the way of, upon which another may trip and fall or basically to offend. So isn't that funny? So it's like a they set you up, right, to entice the sin, to cause a person to begin to distrust and to desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. Is that not a definition? To cause a person to what? Through a scandal, like almost like... It's like, if you see, you see a scandal, like, you know, all these tabloids, got all this stuff, you know, the, you know, the newest scandal that's going on, you know what I mean? Meaning like what? Well, you know, you know, we, 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 we love all this stuff kind of like in, in the natural, you know what I mean? Seeing people like, you know, oh, the latest scandal out there is, you know, somebody's doing something or acting all weird to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey to cause to fall away. Okay basically to hinder, okay? So now watch this, big, right? Causing them to get offended. Well, how does he do that? Because it's like thinking like, okay, I heard the word of God, immediately I received it with what? Gladness, I was happy, right? But now all of a sudden, it seems like it's taking time and now I'm becoming number one. I'm getting distracted off of the promise of God. Big stuff right there. That's some big stuff right there. I am distracted. Well, Why am I distracted? Because something else has got my attention. The word of God. Now, this is where focus is huge because the word of God got me excited. I got glad. But now time is in this thing. And now I'm not as like what? Excited about what I was excited about because it's not as fresh in my moment. And it almost seems like it's taking so much, other things are coming in. So I was focused over here, I had it going in the right direction, then all of a sudden, I'm distracted now. Well, why is distraction tough? Look at First Corinthians 7.35, Passion Translation. Okay, First Corinthians 7.35, Passion Translation. Big time read, kinda cool. So flipping your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you should have your Bible when we get ready for this. I mean you should be sitting. there, I'm serious. You should be sitting there with your Bible, uh, and 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 I, and I mean that, okay? Because you should just get you take out your phone Bible. But if you're gonna get fo- if you're gonna focus, this is what just, just get out of Bible, man. Look at the Word of God, and then when you're looking at the Word of God, sit there with me and open up your. If you got an you know electronic, most of us got electronic stuff. But I got electronic. But don't get playing games and all that. Sit there and really focus. Look what it says. I am trying to help you and make things easier for you and not make things difficult, but so that you would have undistracted devotion, underline that, undistracted devotion, serving the Lord constantly want an undivided heart, man, ain't that good, he wants to have undistracted devotion. Why? Because so many times in life, it's easy to get distracted. Why? Because it's hard to keep focused sometimes. We get distracted. So, you know, right? Like, isn't it statistically like proven? Like, if you get distracted at work, it takes you like a half hour. Like, if you're working and then like somebody distracts you, it takes like a half hour to regain your momentum. There's some kind of law out there. I mean, you can probably Google it or something to tell you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't it easy to get distracted? Have you ever just like, Wasted like hours and like turn around and go, oh my God. Like, you know, with these phones, it, 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 it's it's inevitable we're going to get distracted because have you ever just sat there for like, you know, it seems like two minutes and you're scrolling and you're just looking at nonsense and all of a sudden it's an hour went by and you did absolutely nothing productive, but you were massively distracted, but you had momentum going in the right, you ever have this? You ever have momentum going in the right direction? Like I'm big at this, right? They, my, my house is great. But they, 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 they like having things on. Like when I go do something, like if I'm gonna go rearrange my closet, I don't want nothing on. I don't want no TV on. I don't want no music on. I don't want nothing on. I want to be so laser focused that the only thing I do for then I would not allow myself to do anything else but just go get that thing done. Have you ever been like that? You know, you're like you're gonna clean the garage out. We're gonna get this thing, and then you know you take one thing. And then you neander around for an hour and then you're in the pool and then you're over here and then you're in the kitchen and you're messing with Tupperware. No, man, you have to make sure you do not become distracted. Otherwise, you will never complete tasks that have to be taken care of in the daily and cares of life. So you got to ask yourself, am I being distracted? Now, I want to read something to you. and We're going to look at the Message Bible and this is really good. So I want you to go there. The message Bible, and I want you to see how in Jesus knew distraction in numbers 15, numbers 15, 37. Now I want you to look at this in the message Bible. It's a really good, really good read here. The message Bible, Numbers 15, man, and you know, I think 37 through 41. Okay? Now listen, what he says to Moses. God wanted to give them a visual, okay, so they would not become distracted. Okay, so good. So when God spoke to Moses in Numbers fifteen thirty seven, and he said, "Speak to the people of Israel, tell them that from now on they." are to make tassels on the corners of their garments and to mark each corner tassel with a blue thread. You have seen this before. These are like prayer shawls. You ever see those prayer shawls? And you you see the tassels on the end? Now look what he says. When you look at these tassels, you remember and keep all the commandments of God. He gave them a visual guide to remind them of his promises and his commandments. And not get distracted. When you look at these tassels, remember and keep all the commandments. So this is something, right, they would wear. So basically God was saying, when you put on this prayer shawl and you go back, every time you see those tassels, remember about my commandments. So he said, I want to give you a visual to remember, okay? And not get distracted by everything you feel or see that seduces you into what? Infidelities. Man, this is good. The tassels will signal remembrance and observance of all my commandments to live a holy life to God. I am your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt to be your personal God. Yes, I am God, your God. That's good stuff, right? So let's go back and you read this again, right? The tassels on the garments. So he said, on your clothes. So what he's saying, right? It's like a prayer shawl on your clothes. He's saying to Moses, hey, speak to the people of Israel and tell them what? From now on, make tassels on, so every shirt you got. So imagine if you had every shirt you got, right? Not just your prayer, you see it on prayer shawls is what I was trying to tell you. You ever see those little blue like ribbons? He's saying, okay, put your clothes on and then what? On your corner, take this blue tassel thread. So if I had this shirt on and it had blue tassel thread, right? He'd say, okay. Just and as the day goes on, when you look down and go, "Oh man, oh I'm supposed to remember that." Have a visual, an eye, a connect, a point of contact to make sure. Speak to them and tell them. Mark each corner with a blue thread. Okay, that sounds cute, right? We're like, you know, we pin it on or something like that. When you look at these tassels, you'll remember and keep all the commandments of God and not get distracted by everything you feel or see that seduces you in infidelities. Man, that is strong. So he's saying, see the tassel, remember the commandments, and you will not get distracted by everything you want. Feel or see that seduces you in infidelities. Ain't that good? So he's saying, look, he's saying, I don't care. Like, look, you might feel it and you might see it, But guess what? Go back to that commandment and tell me if you're allowed to see and feel now. What will the tassel do? It will signal resemblance, I'm sorry, remembrance and observation. Observance, right? (laughs) I'm getting all excited, right? The tassel will signal what? Remembrance and what? Observance of all my commandments to live a holy life to God. I am the God who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Man, that's some good stuff, ain't it? So he's like saying, get a visual, get a set point. Maybe as the day goes on and you may be feeling like, man, I got distracted. Put a timer on your phone that reminds you, put a quickening on this thing. Look what he says in the message in Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Strong, strong strong. Man, I'll tell you what. Proverbs 4 and 25 and 26, and the message is basically letting you understand, um, and I love the way it reads, but I like that, man. Put these tassels on your clothes. Can you imagine that? Now, I, 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 I know what you're saying. You might get used to it, but what about a point of contact, right? What about a point of contact that you just go back and say, hey, am I getting distracted today? Look at Proverbs 4, 25 and 26. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Woo, come on, man. This is good stuff. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all the sideshow distractions. Come on, that'll preach right there, right? Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Keep your eyes straight ahead and ignore the what? The side show distraction. Ain't that something right? People going, well, look at all that. You like you trying to go there and look, look over here, and you get distracted. You ever get distracted just through life? You better believe it, man. Well, I was on a good road. I was going the right direction. I was going after God. Everything was great. I had these promises, and I was believing, yes and amen. Yes and amen. And all of a sudden I got what? I got messed up because I allowed the sideshow distractions of life. To come in and take my attention. Man, ain't that a good one? That could be one too. Here's number two. Denied, but come on. You got to realize, it so might be delayed, but you're not denied. I know we use that kind of like a cliche. I feel delayed. Well, now I feel denied. No, no, no. Just go slow. You might be denied what maybe looks like it's been denied. I'm telling you right now, that does not mean that God is not working on your behalf. Have you ever heard No. You know, have you ever gone? I remember one time I was laughing and um, I said to God, I said, hey, what do you want to do? He said, no. And I said, well, what do you mean? No. I said, I thought you're, you know, and I went, kept going back and going back and going back. And God was like, I'll give it to you if you want it, but I want you, I don't want you to have it. And I'm thinking like, man, God, this is kind of crazy. Like we should be happy with denied, you know? Sometimes you got access denied, and you get all your feelings into this thing. You're like, Well, you know, I, I want what I want. Well, you don't want what you want. You know, I was kidding. I said, What's your Delilah? I was kidding around here. I said, Today's sermon is going to be, What's your Delilah? What does that mean? Well, what's your temptation? Samson had a temptation. Her name was Delilah. You know what I mean? His mom and dad said, Stay away from her. She's bad news, right? People around him said, Don't go that way. You're not supposed to do that. But he wanted what he wanted. I hope you got what you want, Samson. Because what you want, you should have never really wanted, man. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes in life, denied does not mean delayed. Denied does not mean destroyed. Denied does not mean distorted. Denied does not mean that you're there. Denied just means it ain't for you. You ever, you ever, you ever like, you ever like, um, you ever like live something like that? Like, well, that ain't, that ain't for you. You know what I mean? It's like, that's somebody else's, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but why would you want something that God doesn't want you to have? Well, because we get like that. Okay. So I want you to look at the passion, John eighteen twenty five. I like this because it's the story of Peter, but I like the way it reads and and I want you to understand something. He 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 denied Jesus and I, I it was kind of it was kind of an odd door to come in, but I thought about it. When you are denied or you feel like you've denied someone, it produces separation, and the separation is the problem more than the denial. Now, let me explain to you. Let's just read John 18, 25, Passion, okay? Meanwhile, now, y'all know this thing. The rooster crowed and all that, but you gotta get this. Meanwhile, Peter was still standing in the courtyard by the fire. This is before. And one of the guards standing there said to him, aren't you the one of his disciples? I know you are. Peter's word said, I'm not his disciple. But one of the servants of the high priest, a relative to the man whose ear Peter had cut off, looked at him and said, wait didn't I see you out there in the garden with Jesus? Then Peter denied it the third time and said, no. And at that very same moment, the rooster crowed nearby. Now that's an odd text to come in and do, But here's what I said. What was the, if, if he would have accepted it and said, yes, I was with him, the identification would have produced the what? The connection. See, if he would have said, yeah, I was with him, So that would have produced connection. And then he's thinking, I'm going to get crucified like this guy. So what did denial do? It produced separation. So when you get into relationship stuff or stuff with God or people, the moment you start denying things, you see there's a separation. So me and you, when we feel like we're denied by God, we feel like he separated. He didn't separate. He's keeping you from what you don't need. You getting it? So anybody that feels denied feels a level of separation. If I showed up at your house and I said, hey, can I have a piece of pizza? And you're like, no. I would be like, well, why not? In my head, I'd feel like you just separated relationship, right? Isn't that, can I Can I have this? Can I have that? No, you feel separated. So when God says no, or you feel denied, or you feel like something's there, what does it do? It feels like I've been separated. Separation is not a, a, a place of isolation, separation might just be a place of protection. You know what I mean? Why do you want to connect yourself to things God doesn't want you to be connected to? Look at relationship and tell me you can't see that. I want to be friends with these guys. No. Why? Unethical, uh, unholy, ungodly, irreproachable. The Bible says unclean behavior contaminates good manners. That's what it's saying. So now, I, I want you to get that. So we feel like when we're denied something, what do we feel like? God has separated himself from us. No. What would you be doing, right? So when I feel denied, I don't. I lose pursuit. You lose pursuit of God when you feel like you've been denied by him. That Why hasn't he done it? So it's not easy. It's easy if I could see it right in front of me. If I see the gratification of the moment, I have pursuit. Once there's no, think about relationships, right? When someone has gratification in the moment, there's pursuit. Once someone disconnects from that gratitude, there's no more pursuit. Look about a relationship. You got a girl, right? You courting a girl, right? And you, oh, you like her, man. And you, you pursue her and she's playing back and forth. And you're like, this is great. But then you pursue and she stops pursuing. You feel denied. You feel the separation. What do you do? You draw back. You're like, I'm not pursuing this thing. This thing's just hurting my feelings. I'm not going after this. When you feel like God has denied you, you feel like that separation's there and then our pursuit stops. I don't want to pursue something that feels like it's, it's basically rejected me. He's not rejecting you, he's saving you. He's keeping you from problems. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta be careful to understand those moments. That could be stopping my pursuit. How about this one? I feel Not only do I feel like, man, number one, I got distracted. Number two, I got denied. Man, I feel like this thing's been delayed for too long. This thing's been going on too. It's been prolonged. Everybody say, prolonged. And I'm going to tell you what, prolonged creates problems. Because you feel like, again, this should have been here by now. Why is it not here? Now, I'm going to show you scripture and I want you to look at it. Proverbs 13, 12. King James is great. Proverbs 13, 12. Y'all know this scripture, but I got got two things here. I think they're going to help you. Um, It's about hope being deferred. Now, you know, I'm going to look at this too because I might want to flip this around a little bit. So look at Proverbs 13 and 12. Y'all know what it says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred Makes the heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick, but when it is what? Hope, but when desire comes, it shall be a tree. I was reading something else. It was a tree of life. I'm sorry about that. Proverbs 13, 12, King James, right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. But when desire is fulfilled, it says there. So I looked at it, uh, I looked at it in a couple different translations. I kind of like um, um, the passion. I like the way the passion reads. So you can go there. The passion translation. We're going to stay at Proverbs 13, 12. One of the words um, that you're going to see is repeated, postponed. Okay. Or let me say it like this. Repeated postponement of one's expectation is disheartening. That's really strong. Repeated postponement of one's expectation is disheartening, but when the desire is at last fulfilled, it is a source of tremendous satisfaction. Now that's just me reading it. I'm going to give you this passion translation right now. Okay, We're going to go there. When hope's dream, you got that one, seems to drag on and on. That's good. That's a good word right there. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on and on and on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Man, we're going to read that again. That's a good scripture, right? When hope's dream seems to drag on and on and on, the delay can be depressing, can it? Come on, man. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul, right? So now think about this. And this is what I got got for you, right? Repeated postponement of one's expectations is disheartening, right? That's true. But when desire is at last fulfilled, it is a source of tremendous satisfaction. So ain't that cool? Now, I'm going to show you. This is what the Lord spoke to me when I was studying for this. So I want you to go look at Psalms 119.60 and I asked the question, I was like, well, how do we fix this? You know what I mean? And I really felt like God spoke to me about this, for you. So look at 119.60 and I really felt like, man, I want to make this. Um, um, King James is definitely in the way. But we could look at it in the other thing too because I think it'll be good, okay? Look at Psalms 119.60. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. I made haste, right? So what is he saying? I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. So you say what? I made haste. I was speedily moving towards this thing and delayed not thy commandments, right? Check this out. Look at the passion. Same scripture. Same one. Psalms 119. I like giving you a little different translation so you can see this. I give my all to follow your revelation light. I will not delay to obey God. I give my all to follow revelation light. I will not delay to obey. Now, I want to explain that to you. Okay, because this is what God said to me. I'm going to give you a couple other places. Um, he didn't delay the commandments. He didn't wait. He didn't play around. Um, and... It, I, I, uh, um message says it like this. You don't have to turn here. It says, I was up at once. I didn't drag my feet. I was quick to follow your orders. So I asked God, I said, okay, I read this and I kind of got excited. He said, "Sow speedy seeds. That's why I wrote it. Write it down. That makes no sense, but I'm explaining it. It makes a lot of sense. Sow speedy seeds. Maybe you're not making haste to God's commandments. And in turn, you're prolonging what God can do for you. God said, start sowing speedy seeds. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to repent. Be quick to bless others. Be quick to do this. Be quick to pray. Be quick. If God is giving you direction, be quick to follow his instruction. Maybe some of the prolonged delay is because your prolonged obedience has not shown up in its strong force of instant. You know what I mean? So maybe I go, well, this is taking forever. Well, here's what I know. Have I been taking too much time in doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I could be prolonging my own. Now, I don't want to put this on you where the burden is on you, but hey, man, delayed obedience might be holding you back. You know, I heard a great story, man. Preachers always talk like this. Yeah, um, I think it was Andrew Womack, one time was telling this story about believing God for money. And, and he was believing, I think it was a house or something. You know, I, I'm going to mess the story up. So if somebody knows it better, please, um, you know, take your version of it better. But what I had got out of it was Andrew Womack was talking about um, believing God for prosperity and seeing a prosperity work. And he believed God. And I think there was a house or something. And make a long story short, a lady... Somebody spoke to a lady about doing something with this house, either giving them the house or, you know, renting them the house or selling them the house or I think it was giving them the house. And the lady knew, right, that she was supposed to do this. So God had spoke to the lady and she let weeks go by. And, and Brother Andrew was like, hey, man, we are at like at the midnight hour. But, like, he had spoken, God had spoken to the lady like five weeks or something. I, like I said, I am jacking this story up. So, you can, it's true though. Whatever, I, I might not have all the details, but I got the gist of it because he was talking about time delayed obedience is messing up somebody else's harvest. Because, how's God going to get it done unless he's got somebody on earth? So, that's why, I, when I got it, I was quick. Like, if God tells me to do it, I'm giving it. So, what had happened was he had finally gotten in, it all worked out, it was like a nightmare. But the lady came and said, you know what? Five weeks ago, I was supposed to do this or whatever it was, three weeks ago, whatever. And he was like, oh my God, that is when I needed it the most. And this has just been prolonging agony. And I never forgot the story. I got the gist of it. Like if God tells me to do it, I'm gonna do it, man. Because I don't wanna delay someone else's harvest and somebody might be waiting on me. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna sow speedy seeds. So if God, like, maybe somebody next time, you know what? Man, I'm going to say something. Maybe people don't forgive you too quick because you ain't quick to forgive. You know? Maybe somebody ain't quick to bless you because you holding on to it like it's your last buck. Let it go. Come on, man. Be quick to obey. That's what I heard. He said, tell them, sow speedy seeds. Sow speedy seeds. If God tells you give away money, sow it speedily. Don't wait don't procrastinate. Don't play around when you know it's God. Do it. God tells you to bless somebody. Do it. God tells you to pick up the phone and call. Do it. You, how many you know your delayed obedience could be stopping and creating delayed harvests in your life? You know what I mean? So what? So that's all I can do. I can do the best I know how to follow and I could sow speedy seeds. And the last one is this. Do, do not allow your destiny to, be, to basically be denied. You know what I mean? Because it's all about destiny, okay? Look at Psalm 16, verse five. These are all King James. I'm gonna give you three scriptures and then I'm gonna let you go. Proverbs 16 and five is powerful. And then we're gonna look at um, um, Psalms thirty-one, fifteen. But look at, Pro- uh, Pro- I'm sorry, Psalms 16, five. Look what it says. Lord, I have chosen you alone. Man, this is strong. I want you to see this, right? So we gotta understand this. So like what? I got to be a person of destiny. I got to be a person that understands destiny is coming to us. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize. You are my pleasure and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Man, is that not good? How about that? That's a good meditative scripture. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. Praise the Lord. See that? Right? And you are my prize and my pleasure and my portion. I leave my what? Destiny and its timing in your hands. Ain't that good? That's a great scripture, ain't it? Am I trusting God with the timing and the destiny? Look at Psalms 3115. Psalms 3115. I got another one. And then I'm going to give you this other one, man. These are good scriptures. Psalm 3115. Man, this one, I like this one too. I like all these, man. They, they edify you. My life and my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. So I know you can deliver me out of those who persecute me relentlessly. I mean, that's good stuff, right? My life, my every moment is what? And my destiny are, are all in your hands. How about the other one, right? Timing and my hands, right? How about Psalm 24 seven. I want you to look at that one. Psalm twenty four and seven. I love it. And we're gonna read seven, eight, and nine. Um, I love it. King James, powerful reads. Let's let's says here. It, it says, right? It says um lift 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 Ooh, yeah, I got it in this other thing too. Wait a minute. Here dude. We're we'll reading in that and I think I, I think I threw it into passion just to be safe. I did. Um, you want to read it in King James first? Let's read it in King James, then we'll read it in Passion. Hey Look at this. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up. Your everlasting doors of the kingdom glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Now, King James reads good, but I'll tell you what. I think the passion reads better. Look at the passion. Okay. Listen what it says here in this. It says in 24-7, so wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your what? Your heads. Come on. Ageless doors of destiny. God's got ageless doors of destiny open to you, right? So wake up, lift up, get some praise coming out your mouth welcome the king of glory. He's about to come through. You ask who the king of glory is? It's the Lord of glory, the mighty one. He's ready. So wake up, you guys. He's telling you, you the living gateways. You're the way in and rejoice. Why? Fli- what? Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here comes the king of glory ready to come in. He's saying what? Lift up wake up, get praise in your mouth. He's got ageless doors of glory waiting for you. He's got destiny and timing in His hand. He's going to be right on time with a right place, right word, right time. That's where you're going to be. He's got you, and He's not backing up from what He said to you. He's going to make it come to pass. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited, and I'm going to let you go. Why? Because that's enough word to get you happy. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person at that sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, that as we walk through seasons where it may look like we are distracted, we may look like we've been denied, it might look like we've been delayed, you got open doors of destiny waiting for us. We're going to take step by step, stride by stride, and we are going to glide into our destiny. We're going to fulfill every project you got, every purpose you have, and we are going to fulfill what one hand you got lent the days, what other Dan you got riches and glory. I promise you this, we are hardwired for success because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We thank you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody say amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. I pray you've been blessed tonight. We're going to be carrying this series as we go, but I want you to know as you take these principles, we all go through this stuff, we'd be kidding if we said we didn't, but it's okay as you learn how to place these right parts together, you're going to see this thing unfold right before your eyes, and when you do you're going to know the greatest success plan you can ever have is the plan that God has for your life, don't go desiring God doesn't things that God doesn't want you to have and if you do, don't worry about it denied does not mean destroyed denied might just mean I'm keeping you from something you don't need to touch, amen remember that. Don't forget it. Sometimes in life, it's a lot easier not touching the things that God doesn't want you to touch. So what? Make sure you just know that God is ordering your steps. He's purposed in your heart, the plan that he has for you, and he is going to bring the perfect plan to pass in your life. And I promise you, it's going to get better and better. It's going to be great. I love you. I'll see you soon. See you over the weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at RelevantFL.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.